We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for joining us. God loves his children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, he deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from him to do things our way rather than turn to him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, his love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us, and he is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. Then another disastrous consequence is God's uh, divine chastening. God disciplines his children because he loves them. He wants to bring the best out of us. He chastens us to correct us. He chastens us that we would look more like him because he wants us to shine for Christ as his representatives in a dark and decadent world in which we live. And sometimes he has to chasten us when we act ungodly and when we know better, but we refuse to do better. And then another disastrous consequence uh, Jonah experienced, and we will too, and that is separation from God. Separation from God uh, results in an inability to hear God. Separation from God results in unfruitfulness. Separation from God results in spiritual dryness and broken relationship with Christ. You know, we want, we want a divine connection with Christ. We want, we want to be fresh, revived, restored, renewed for Christ. Let's look at verse 4. Verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse four, the Lord stirred a great storm. The Lord stirred a great storm. A sure way to bring storms into our lives is to rebel against God. You will have a storm come if you rebel against him. This was no ordinary storm. It was a violent storm. Uh, sent by God himself. If the storm were named today, I believe the storm would be named Hurricane Jonah. It was so great and so disastrous until it was about to break up the ship and the lives of the crewmen were in grave danger. My friend, God knows how to get your attention and you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you would only listen to him. Anytime you fight against God, you're fighting a losing battle. You, anytime you fight against God, you're fighting a losing battle, at battle and you're not going to win. Well, our transition, why does God send storms in our lives? Why does God allow storms 
to come into our life based on Jonah chapters one and two. These, these insights are based on uh, Jonah chapters one and two. And I'll not finish these, but I will give you some of these and we'll take up next time the rest. Number one, nothing, whether good or bad, come into our lives without God's permission. That's the first thing you got to realize. God can stop anything he wants from coming into your life. And, and, and if they come into your life, whether good and ba- good or bad, God can work all these things for good, for your good and his glory. Nothing, whether good or bad, comes into our lives without God's permission. Verse four says, verse four, eight says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. This storm was sent directly from God to arrest his fugitive preacher. This preacher was running away from God. God says, he doesn't know who I am. I don't have to get off my throne to go get him. I got wind down there. I can just say wind move. Wind increase in intensity and velocity. Now, now, now wind go this direction and I want you to park right around that ship. And then I want you to really magnify yourself. Waves begin to lash harder. And God doesn't have to move a finger or nothing. He can just think it. And the elements move at God's command. And, and, and so, so that storm was directed by God. Sometimes um, God will allow the storms to come in. He will bring them directly. Sometimes Satan can bring those storms. Sometimes people can bring those storms. However they come, I, you can rest assured a storm is a storm. <laughs> Secondly, beloved, storms are a reality of life. How won't no storms? Stop. Just, just fix your mouth to not say it. Because you go, you, you order in one when you say you don't want one. You do not get through life without them. Jesus himself said, we will have trials and tribulation. John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Job chapter 2, verses 9 through 10 also says, then his wife, Mrs. Job, said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity, your integrity, Job? Curse God and die. But he said, to Mrs. Job, her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. I wonder how often do we sin with our lips when things don't go as planned. It's, you know, it's not a storm. It's just that something just didn't go the way we think it ought to think it should have gone. And we begin to sin with our lips. It's not even a storm. You're just mad because, you know, the, the traffic was stacked up. You know? <laughs> uh, you, you, you upset because all the parking lots are filled. That, that's not a storm. That's just a little difficulty. Y'all can't even have little, handle little difficulties. The line's too long. Difficulties. 
Maybe God is teaching you patience. And he says, until you learn patience, I'm going to put you in more traffic. I'm going to make the lines a little bit longer. And every time you switch, switch uh, uh, the checkout line, I'm going to make that line, I'm going to make that, the problem in that line happens. <laughs> y'all laughing because y'all been there and done that. Because I've done it too. Stop skipping line. You, you're trying to find the time you get there. The other one looked like, shoo, 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 shoo. Just go real fast. God said, I'm just teaching you how to be patient and be still. Why are you always in a hurry? Some of you, you, you are doing this fasting and prayer time. Your prayer ought to be, Lord, slow me down. I'm too fast. I'm always in a hurry. Hurry up, pastor. I'm leaving before the benediction. I don't want to be in these cars that's going out here. I want to be first one out. I'm not, I don't care about the person who has cancer next to me. Uh, I'm not going to shake four hands. And that might be the last person you see on earth because that night you could be dead. It's a dangerous thing to get common with God and miss the benediction which is a blessing over your life simply because you're in a hurry. But you can go to that game or you can go to that movie. Or you can go to the park. You can go anywhere else. You can go on the beach. You can go to a vacation, a seven-day vacation, and then you can't stay anytime in the Lord's house. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? God says, I limit you and then I put you out since you in a hurry? Wow. So, so be careful about that. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. The best thing you can do in adversity, you know when adversity comes, they're going to come. Loss of jobs, layoffs, sickness, issues with parents, sickness with aging parents, um, Difficulties uh, uh, in, in marriage, accident like that dear sister who's, who was burned so severely, who got up having a normal day, and she's burned so, I looked at her, just burned so severely. We're praying for her, a member of this church, burned so severely. That could have been you or me, your husband or your child, and you sitting in church with a bad attitude. And you could be looking at your face and not even recognize your face. You got a lot to be thankful for. So when you go through these storms, be quiet. Be like Job and not talk too much. Secondly, trust God and wait on him. You're not going to understand everything. Who can know the mind of God? Your thoughts are not his thoughts. Your ways are not his ways. He, he's not on your schedule. Pray, slow me down, Lord. Wait on him. When you're in the, in the crisis, refuse to whine. Why me? Well, another question, why not? Why? Some of you crybabies, you professional crybabies. You know, well, you say, well, I got arthritis. 
in my hand. Somebody don't have a hand. My feet hurt. Someone doesn't have a feet. My eyes is burning. I got glaucoma. Somebody don't have eyes. They wish they did have glaucoma medicine. What's wrong with you? You got reasons to thank you for. This morning when I was getting ready, earlier this morning, I was looking for this. I said, oh, God, thank you for the toothbrush. Oh, thank you for the cologne. And I looked over here and I said, oh, thank you for the facial cream. Oh, thank you for the coat. Thank you. And I started thanking God for all these little things that were at my. When the last time you thank God, ladies, for lipstick? You, know, you might need it, but thank you. Let me thank God. Thank God for lipstick. Thank God for your glasses, men. Thank God for your coat, your shoes. You thank God. Thank God for the thing. I don't care if you have false teeth. Thank God that they're in there, in your mouth. Thank God for whatever you got. Thank God for your hair. Somebody said, sometimes I compliment people. They said, your hair is, it looks really nice. Well, I bought it. What? I didn't ask you, where did you get it from? <laughs> if, if you bought it, it's still your hair. <laughs> just say thank you. I, I, won't y'all say, can't y'all just say, just say thank you. I don't, don't give us all these reasons. and these philo- Don't start philosophizing over your hair. <laughs> you just whine. You can't even say thank you. Just grumpy. I'm not going to the women's uh, conference. I don't feel like driving up there. I don't feel like riding a bus. I don't want to get back that late. Too early to get up in the morning. I might miss the bus anyway. Talk yourself out of the blessing. Satan's a specialist to get you out of position when God wants to do his greatest work on you and you sit there and allow Satan to cause you to miss your blessing. Shame on you. That's one thing to have circumstances beyond your control. But everybody's not in that situation. Refuse to whine. Refuse to talk too much. Talk too much. When you talk too much, you talk yourself into, into trouble, more trouble. You even prolong your storms because you're too talkative. Stop. By the way, stop throwing yourself a pity party. You know, you, if, you, if you know God's on the throne, that, and you know there's a reason you're where you are, even though you don't, you don't understand you know God's got your back and you know God's going to hold you and he didn't bring this far to leave you. You have seen, haven't you seen God deliver you enough in your past to trust him today? Did y'all just hear what I said? Haven't you seen your God? Say my God. Have not you seen God deliver you, emancipate you, give you a breakthrough, get you through previous storms, or get you out of mess you know you created for you to trust him now where you are? And by the way, when you're going through storms, stop, uh, stop drawing attention to yourself. 
Everybody got to know every nuance of everything. They put put the cast on here and they wrapped it 15 times and it's six inches uh, long. Well, who need all those details? Just stop, stop it. Stop it. I remember one time I preached a few years ago. It was a major day, too. I was here and I was preaching, and they did surgery on both hands. I said, oh, God, now here I go. Here, I mean, you know, usually I, I like to look decent up here. And all of a sudden, this hand, because he did. I thought, I, I thought it was, was going to be just a, I thought I was just going to go in there, just going to do a little something. And uh, then they started to tell you, take, Mrs. Raper, take this off, put this gown on. You know, them gowns don't have no bang and all that. <laughs> Don't have no back. And I said, where's the back, you know? (laughs) Where's the back? (laughs) Trying to tie it. Then she put the thing on. Here come the the machines and here comes she. I said, I just want my thumbs. She said, she said, we're going to put you to sleep. I said, sleep. I just want my thumbs done. I thought she was just going to do a little something and do. They said, no, we got to go in here and do this to the ligaments, and we got to do this and this. Oh, we're going to put you to sleep, and we're going to and we're gonna push you down the hall. I said, it's, y'all going to do all that? Said, <laughs> and when I came out, both of my thumbs were just, and I was, I was operating with four fingers on this one and four fingers on this one, and I almost caught myself complaining until I thought about people that had no fingers or either had no hands or either had no insurance to even get it done. We are so ungrateful. But when I came up here and preached and I was all wrapped up, I didn't say, y'all saw it. For those of you who were here back then, I didn't say a word about it. I don't say, oh, look at my thumbs, y'all. Pray for my thumbs. All my thumbs hurt. They got 15 stitches in this one and 15 in that one. Will y'all please let it not throb tonight? Put me on the top of your prayer list. I I went on and preached. And people said, a few people asked afterwards what was wrong, and I told them. But I didn't, I didn't bring, I just went on and did. That's okay. It's okay. I don't have to make all these announcements for you to say I'm praying for you. Give me a hug and go this long list. Now, the other side of that, now there's a flip side of that. That's a flip side. Some of you all, you, 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 you about coded out n- next door to death. You almost dead. Nobody knows anything. I don't need nobody. I pray for myself. I don't need I keep my business to myself. Wait a minute. There are certain situations you need more than just your prayer. Sometimes things get so hard, anybody know how to pray, get a prayer through. You say, baby, pray on. You need all the prayers you can get. So don't ever get why you think you don't need anybody. Oh, I'm not ever getting on the prayer list. I, I, got, I got this. That, that's the other extreme. And you have to learn how to balance that out in the spirit of almighty, almighty God. Why does God allow storms to come into our lives? Thirdly, 
Like Jonah, sometimes storms intrude into our lives because of our own sinful rebellion against God. Sometimes our sin bring on our storm, as in the case of Jonah. Jonah's rebellion, his pride, his, wayward, his waywardness, his, his being a fugitive, running from a God that's everywhere present, brought on his storm. When God disciplines his children, we know without a doubt it is he who is doing the chastening. When God pops you, you don't say, oh, was that you, God? No, 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 no. You know exactly who it is. Every time God give me a lick, I know God hit me. And if you walk close enough to God, you know when he pops you. That's something in this, and I'll be done Look, like Jonah, sometimes storms intrude into our lives because of our own sinful, sinful rebellion against God. In verse 3 it says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. When God disciplines his children, we know without a doubt it is he who is doing the chastening. Now look at, I'm in chapter 2, I told you this is, verses, this is chapters 1 and 2 together here. Verses 2, 3, and 4 says, this is, this is powerful. It says, for you cast me into the deep. You know what the deep is? Water. You know what? How deep was that water? Deep, deep. Okay. (laughs) It's so deep. I don't know how it was. Deep. Deep. Into the heart of the seas. Probably in the deepest part. You know. God didn't wait till that boat just got off, that ship just got off the shore, and it was just knee deep. He waited. You know how you go deep sea fishing? You, get, you go out there several miles where some of y'all kind of get nauseated and all that. You know, you, you know when it's deep. That's where Jonah was. And look what he says here. He's, look, into the heart of the seas. And the floods, he's talking here, and the floods surround me. Surrounded by water, submerged underwater, buried. God buried Jonah. He had a water burial. All your billows and waves pass over me. Oh, I imagine God God says, you know what? I don't want him in calm waters. I want him submerged. I want it deep. And I want him rocking. Rock water. And that water began to rock. You know, and and he is in 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 the big fish. And he moving around in all that fish fat. Just like you, just like a washing machine agitated that moves around. He just moving. Can you imagine that? (laughs) All day. I'm not going to let you lay still. I'm not going to let you sleep. I'm going to whirl you around. That fish, I'm going to let him have a playmate. And and that fish is going to jump up. You know, I'm, I'm using my sanctified imagination. Y'all don't mind me doing that, do you? You know, you know, this ain't a text, but you know how fish do. You know, the fish can do something, and that fish, maybe he had a play day, and he had a playmate, and, and all of a sudden that big old fish decided to 
jump up, and then kick back on his back. Slush! Can you imagine that? And he's in there, rolling around, giving that fish indigestion. That fish didn't deserve all that. He said, I got indigestion because of this rebellious prophet. Into the heart of the seas and the floods surround me. All your billows and your waves pass over me. Then I said, look here, underline this. You see, I read the Bible too fast. I have been cast out of your sight. God was so sick of Jonah. He says, I'm tired of looking at you. You make me sick. I'm going to take you out of this world, but I'm going to have enough grace not to kill you. Get out of my sight. That fish went down. Down, down, buried Jonah. Jonah, see, now we know the rest of the story. See, we got the Bible, so we know how it ends. But Jonah didn't know how this story was going to end. You know what? I'm going to tell you what. If I was in a situation like that, I'd think I'm good as dead. i said, say, uh-oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. I, listen. You can sin and get so bad and God, till God says, I'm through with you. I'm tired of you messing up in this church. I'm tired of you sinning in this church. I'm tired of you doing what you know you think nobody's seeing you, but I'm seeing you. And you've been messing with me long enough and you don't know who you're messing with. I'm tired of you being a fool around here, slipping and sliding all over the place. I'm going to wipe you out and I'm getting you out of here. He says, I have been cast out of your sight. My friend, do not think you are so important that you can't be humbled by God. He knows how to shake up your life and bring you to your senses. The chastening hand of God was so severe upon Jonah's life until he was taken out of this world and cast out of the sight of God, being swallowed up whole by a great fish and was taken into the depths of the seas. Listen to me. He was taken into isolation by God. He was taken into seclusion by God. He was taken into solitary confinement by God. Believe me, church, Jonah was messing with the wrong person. And you will be wise indeed if you learn your lesson from Jonah. Beloved, do not doubt for a moment that Jonah was actually swallowed up by a whole great fish. The same God who calls a baby to be conceived in the womb of a mother, a human mother, and stay there for nine long months in amniotic fluid, and then the baby is born crying, kicking, and screaming, is able to keep Jonah in the belly of the fish. I don't have time for foolishness. Don't you dare fix your mouth to tell me what my God can't do. He is my creator of heaven and earth and God can do anything but fail. And all God's children said, Amen. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org 
where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.